0: Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Can we give it up for all the guests today that are here? Can we give a big hand clap for any of our first-time guests? Glad that you're here. My name is Darren Davis, senior pastor here at the Harbor, and get the privilege of speaking today. We have an amazing team, amazing group of leaders that that share in, in equipping the saints and, and leading our congregation, and so good to have you here today. Um, we are not live streaming over the summer, so if you've gone online to try to watch a service online and it isn't up, It's just because we're taking a break and we're having all of the messages posted on our podcast so you can listen to them. Weekly, we know people are on vacation and doing different things over the course of the summer. Um, Lots of stuff happening, lots of busy things taking place right in our summers. and, And so you may be out a weekend or so, but you can check out all the messages online right on our Harbor app. And if you don't have the Harbor app, I would love for you to download that. In fact, if you could even take out your app right now, Because I want you to to check out a couple of things. Um, Harbor Life, if you have not gone through Harbor Life, we're going to be rolling out Harbor Life Wave 1 and 2 again in August. Uh, Really important, it's going to position you for the fall because there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the fall and we want you to get plugged in. Harbor Life Wave 1, it's basically an assimilation into our culture of how we view God. You know, how we view God is how we interact with God. It's very important, and this is not a basic ABC uh, time. It's going to be really enlightening. How many have gone through Harbor Life and just loved it? Can I get just a hand clap of praise? It's awesome, right? It's amazing, amazing, amazing courses. Four classes, and we do a partners class where we talk about how we relate to each other as members of his body in the church, and it's, it's so, so good. So sign up for that right now. And then secondly, we are a hybrid model church, meaning we have gatherings and we have groups. Gatherings are times of worship, they're refreshment to our soul, but groups are really where we engage, where we connect, and where we build uh, mentoring relationships, friendships, we give away what we have to other people, it's where we do community, and so we really want to take our small groups to the next level starting this fall in September, and so if you're out there and you're like, hey, I'm interested, I have a passion in my heart to lead a group, and you want to share kind of what's in your heart, we have a way on the app under groups. I want to lead a group form that you can fill out, and then we'll be contacting you and then beginning a conversation about that possibility. So we'd love for you to just go ahead and sign up for that now, and, and just give us your interest. Let's begin that conversation, and uh, you know, let's see what God's going to do this this fall. It's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing time. So everybody enjoying their summer so far? So hopefully, in a week or so, they'll have the, the street done where we can actually drive straight into our church. Wouldn't that be awesome? Instead of a maze. We have visitor cards every week, and I'm like, man, it's a miracle <laughs> we have visitors who made it through the, the, the maze. You are really committed to be here. So, so thankful to have you. We're in a series uh, titled It's Good to Be Us, and I'm continuing along those lines this morning, and we are looking at really a culture of the kingdom, harbor culture, obviously, and um, that it's good to be us. It's good to be believers right now in this time in human history. And I'm going to be talking about um, a message that I've titled, Free to be Free. Free to be Free. You know, when we think about freedom... We have such a desire for it, right? Because it's what Jesus came to actually give us. It's one of his primary missions. It was for freedom that Christ came to set us free, right? He was a totally free God that came to bring us into his reality. And and when I think about that, I was like, you know, you have to have freedom in order for people to experience it. You can't have a constrictive environment. There has to be a free choice, right? You are free to be free if you want it, right it 's it's, it's an opportunity, it 's a gift that 's being presented, and gifts are ones that need to be received, right? I remember when we were getting ready to move down to South Florida, there was a lady who had been praying for our family for years and she came over to see us because she knew that we were getting ready to transition to this community. And um, she said, "I'd love to pray for you. I just, I just want to just send you guys off with, with some prayers from my heart." And when she was praying, um, she had this image um, come into her mind, I guess, you know, her heart as she was praying for us. And, and the image was of myself and our little team at the time, and we were standing outside of a hospital. And she said that on our wrists were hospital bands. You know, when you get admitted to the hospital or you go in, they put a band on your wrist to identify you. And she said that I see you standing in front of this hospital. And then she paused as she was almost overwhelmed under the presence of God as she was experiencing this vision, if you will, or this image that was coming to her mind. And she says, God has called you to bring healing to the hearts of a generation. And that's what she said. So we moved down, and we're here for, I don't know, about two years. And the first two years were were challenging. But how many of you know that sometimes in challenging moments, some of the most beautiful things can happen on the inside of your heart? And it's another story for another time, but basically it was in that season where I surrendered to Jesus in a way that I'd never surrendered my life before. What's amazing is when you think that you've surrendered and given all and made him Lord, (laughs) man, there's so much more, right? There's actually so much more to us that we don't even understand. And then there's so much more to him, obviously, that we for sure don't understand. So it's a constant journey and adventure of surrender and receiving and and giving back and and reciprocating the love that he extends to us. And round about that time I get, after after this process of, of really personally finding some of the most profound freedom in my life that I'd ever walked in, in my however long journey it was at the time, I get a phone call from Rob Hoskins, who runs a ministry now called One Hope, and he said, Darren, you're never going to believe this. I said, what, Rob? He said, man, we got donated a building. It's a massive building. It's actually over in the Pompano area. And at this time, we were out west more in the Coral Springs community. And he said, this billionaire gave us this building. It's way too big for our ministry. We don't have enough money to actually fully renovate it. I don't know what God's up to, but, but I just felt that you, that you were, had, had something to do with this. There's something about this facility And I felt like I was to call you because I think there's some sort of connection. So long long and short of it is, I end up getting on a plane and flying to Oklahoma City where this billionaire donor is to go meet with him and tell him our story. You know, sometimes you just need to take those risks, right, and just kind of step out. And I just felt to go meet him. I mean, you know, Rob was like, hey, maybe it'd be good if you go tell... You know, this man, what's happening in South Florida. And so I told him of the whole journey of what God did to bring us down here. And the guy got touched in his heart to such a degree, actually a tear welled up in his eye. And it takes a lot for a billionaire to cry. Can I get an amen? But he got on the phone with Rob Hoskins, and he's like, man... He said, I don't know what's happening down in South Florida, but he said, if you would allow ministries like Darren's and others to come into the building, which they ended up calling the Forum, which is like a collective of ministries, that was part of the vision. He says, I'm going to wire you another $20 million to help renovate that facility. How many of you know that's a good day? That's a good day. So this facility ends up getting completely stripped out from the inside out and completely renewed and rebuilt out. And so there was a day where we had an opportunity to go over and see this facility in the area that we were going to be in with our uh, church, church offices. We had some meeting rooms and some stuff, and we were going to use some of their other common area spaces for our services. So we go over and we go to check this out. We go up to the second floor. And we walk into basically bare concrete walls. It stripped everything down to the concrete, except there were doors that were entering into our 10,000 square feet that we were gonna take over at the time. And the strangest thing, I, this is not like me, but as I'm walking through the doors, I swear that I hear the Holy Spirit say, pull the doors closed. The doors were already open. He says, pull the doors closed. And and so I was like, okay. And as I did and I pulled the doors closed, I, I saw on the sign of one of the doors, there was a sign on one of the doors that said, recovery room. And the guy that was giving us the tour used to work for this hospital, that used to be the Pompano Hospital back in the day that now had turned into the forum and we were getting 10,000 square feet on the second floor in this area where they had a sign on the door called the recovery room. And I asked the guys, I was like, what was this part of the hospital? And he said, well, this is where after they would do surgeries on patients, they would bring them in here to recover. How many of you know you can't make that kind of stuff up, right? And... and I've told that story, and I'm going to tell it again and again and again, because what happened, as soon as we moved into that building, a grace from heaven began to settle on anything and everything that we began to do to bring healing and freedom to the hearts of a generation. It was like we weren't even trying to do it. It just happened. In worship, people would come in. they say, I don't know what's happening to me right now. I feel something going on in the inside of me. Something's happening on the inside. It was a very powerful experience that we, over the five years that we were there, just saw tremendous things of God happen in people's lives. So I was up just out of town for a couple of days, and I was looking at this photo on the wall the property that we were staying in. And it was actually a verse out of a book that one of my good friends, Bannon Leapshire, had as the title verse to his book. And I want to read this to you. It's actually up there. You can't really make it out, but I I want to actually read the actual verse, and we'll put that up onto the screen. But how how many of you have had these times where like one verse just three Ds right off the pages kind of thing? It was one of those kind of moments. I was like, oh my God, Lord, this is... What you want me to focus on today, this is what you want me to talk about as it relates to what's good to be us. Free to be free. Look at this verse with me. It says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. As you have received him, walk in him. There's something about receiving This gift that gives us an ability to walk in Christ. (laughs) It's a supernatural life. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. That verse just came off the pages to me and I could just see it so I want to show it to you today there was a book back in 1992 by a guy named Gary Chapman and it was a book called Five Love Languages anybody ever heard of that book? so my wife gave me that book as a gift one year (laughs) I didn't know it at the time when you get a book like that something's up you know what I mean? Darren, I have the greatest book that I want to give you as a gift, The Five Love Languages. I was like, oh, babe, that's great. Now I'd be like, what's wrong, baby? What's going on? I'm but in the book, there's five ways. This is 1992. How many of you were born in 1992? <clears throat> that's when the book came out. But there's five ways in the book that Gary presents that you can express and experience love. And he breaks them down. Five ways to express, to give, and to receive love. And here they are. Quality time. Amen. (laughs) Where's your husband? He needs to be here and hear this. I got an amen on the second row. <laughs> Veronica. Um, so quality time. Juan. That's her husband. Yes. Yes. Quality time. The next one is words of affirmation. The next one is acts of service. This was on Wendy's top of her list right here. I didn't know that at the time. Can I get an in? Physical touch, all the men in the room, <laughs> and receiving gifts. Yes. So I, I want to I focus on that one for just a minute as it relates to what I want to talk about because it says, as we have received Christ... Walk in him. Notice that it says specifically, receiving a gift. Because there's different responses um, to gifts that are offered to us, right? You ever been offered a gift, like, and a gift could be like, "Hey, I'm going to buy your lunch," and you could be like, no, nah, you know, don't, you know," or you could do an allig- uh, alligator grab, you know, for the for the check. Oh, I can't reach it. Okay, you know, go ahead, uh, man. That's awesome. Thank you. You could, you know, there's there's all kinds of different responses. You can receive the gift. You can you can actually have the gift in your possession but never open it, or you could fully receive the gift. And, and I was just thinking about this as it relates to freedom and the experience of really walking in all that Christ has for us to walk in, we have to fully receive Jesus as a gift to our lives. It can't be, it can't be like a rejection of the gift. It can't be like kind of taking the Lord in but never really unwrapping him, if you will. It has to be a full reception of Jesus as a gift. And if I could be honest, I I don't know if the body of Christ at large really knows what it looks like to fully receive Jesus. Because it's just that Freedom is just that simple. If you fully receive Jesus, the fruit of it is going to be full freedom. And you are free to be free today. So I want to just kind of break this down, going back to the verse, and let's look at it through the lens of Revelation. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, look, look what it says. As you have received Jesus Christ, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, three kind of parts to this verse, I just want you to notice, when you walk in what you have already received, which comes through intimacy, it's why we talk about intimacy all the time here, the fruit of that will be these three things. So, now, a lot of times people think, well, man, there's no possibility for me to really have an intimate relationship with God. That is a lie. The, the, the full access to heaven, to, to Christ's invitation to come to him. All you who are burdened and heavy laden, man, and just have all these yokes on you. You're, 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 you're not free. Come to me, he says. We'll have an intimate relationship. And the fruit of that is I'm going to give you rest over your life. Come on, that is what God is after right now. He wants a church that is called to walk in and experience his rest. No burdens, no heavy yokes. And so the fruit is going to be, number one, being rooted and built up in him. In other words, Christ's life will become your life. When you're rooted and built up in him, the life of Jesus becomes your life because he resides on the inside of you. So that's why I encourage people all the time, go and study the life of Jesus because that's your portion. You have to know what you're going after. You have to know what you actually are called to walk in the fruit of. The life of Jesus. The life of Jesus was not just for us to watch what Jesus could do. Jesus came to give us an example of what was possible for us. Do you realize that? So when the church gets a hold of the revelation that everything that Jesus was doing... And then some, because it will be more of us than just one guy. Now it will be thousands upon thousands, maybe billions across the world that will be walking in the fullness of who he is. We will do greater things. All right. But then you'll be established in the faith. Did you know that that literally means to be stabilized in your persuasion? The Greek word pistis for faith Needs to, means to be persuaded. Do you know the Holy Spirit, the majority of our lives as we walk in Jesus, is always trying to persuade us to fully believe? That's one of his main goals, is to establish us in the faith where we are fully persuaded, where we're no longer, you know, tossed about with every wind of doctrine, good or bad, true or false. In other words, we're just persuaded. It's like Paul, if you look at some of his language, he's like, a lot of times he'll say, man, I am persuaded. Neither height nor depth or anything can separate me. You know, he's persuaded. He's rooted. He's established. How many of you believe that we're supposed to be rooted and established as the church in the earth? Are we always supposed to be like, oh, not so sure? That's why for me, it's sold out, 100%. Because when we're free, that gives other people permission to step into the same kind of freedom. And part of that freedom is being fully persuaded. The last one is abounding in it with thanksgiving. It means to be in excess with gratitude. Like living just thankful all the time. And you see, when you've stepped into the fullness of Jesus, when you've come into this place where Christ's life becomes your life, and you're fully persuaded in that walk and direction, man, trust me, you will be thankful. The reason people aren't thankful is because they've never experienced those realities. But it's the very things that Christ came to give us. Can I get an amen? So here's what I want to do as I close this out. I want to revisit the gospel again, okay? Just revisit the gospel because the gospel is our life. It's everything. It's the good news that he came to just show us. All right? So I'm going to do that out of Titus chapter 2, verse 14. We're going to look at four little pieces in that and then we're going to close this thing out. But look at Titus 2 14. I love this verse because it's talking about freedom. He says, He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. Which literally means to dismantle its power over us. Have you ever felt powerless? I was wrestling with my two sons. They ganged up on me the other day. They had me trapped down. And I was kind of stuck between the two couches. I couldn't move. I felt completely powerless. (laughs) And I had to beg for mercy. You know what I mean? But... Oftentimes, I think, in the church, we think that sin has domination over us when the gospel tells us otherwise. Let's say that again. We think, in the church, that sin has domination over us when the gospel tells us otherwise. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. To make us, his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. His life becomes our life. You guys seeing this? So let's look at these quickly. Number one is to free us from every kind of sin. Now sin, that word, it literally means a missing of the mark. A missing of the intended purpose of God for your life. We nitpick that word and we think it's about drinking or sex or this mistake or that. It's it's actually much bigger. It's much more robust. It's about the mark of the intended purpose that God has for you that he's actually always had before the foundations of the earth. There's a dream in the heart of God for your life. There is an intended purpose burning on the inside of his heart. And so sin, you know, we make it all about this other stuff, and, uh, uh, and it is that, but it's more than that. It's about, man, you're missing what God has had for you even before you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. You were called to make an impact on the world. You were called to shake nations. You were called to disrupt principalities and all kinds of stuff that's over cities and, and people. And bring life to other people's hearts. That's what you were called to do. You were called to be powerful. There's ministers all over this, this congregation, meaning people that have access to lives that none of us on this stage may ever have. And you're called to make an impact in those realms. So to free us from every kind of sin. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, I love these verses because we we don't look at them a lot, but he says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? He addressed that because there was a, a contingency of people that thought, man, grace was all about giving more permission to do more sin. Isn't it interesting that things never change over eons and eons of time? The same problems that they had back in the days of the apostles are the same problems that we have today. And it's one of the biggest lies. Like, if that's what grace was about, then what in the heck would Jesus have to come and die for if it wasn't to make us like himself? And so he says, of course not, verse 2. Since we have died to missing the mark, how can we continue to live in it? Verse three, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in Jesus, in Jesus in baptism, we were joined with him in his death? In other words, when you come to that place in the gospel that you fully receive him, you're persuaded, his life becomes your life. The old person that you used to be is dead, dead and buried with Christ. In that grave. Verse 4, for we died and were buried with Christ in baptism as just as Christ was raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may have new lives. Oh my God, what? The possibility for a whole new life. Life. Verse 6. For we know that if our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose, here it is, its power in our lives, we are no longer slaves to sin. In fact, Paul says the only thing that he's a slave to is righteousness. Can you imagine? You enter from one form of slavery into a much better form where you were totally overburdened, overcome, consumed by, and now you're consumed by righteousness. In other words, doing the right thing. How awesome is that? For when you died with Christ, verse 7, you were set free from the power of sin. The next part of the verse there in Titus is to cleanse us. That's really good news. Because you know, like, you know, in some degree that's like process, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you, but there's no like one-second showers, right? It's like you got to get in there and I don't know, what am I talking about? <laughs> Let's change the subject. <clears throat> That wasn't in my notes. I should have stayed with my notes. But yeah, it makes sense, right? But it's, it's to cleanse. It's like to truly like get all that residual out, right? Come on, like we all have like thoughts from the past. We all have like feelings and propensities of things that aren't even us anymore that come over our hearts. Everybody experiences that. We need to get real about those things. But we don't have to live under that stuff for the rest of our life. In fact, if you start asking Jesus, I want this out. I I don't know why this is still here. I don't know why I still have those dreams. I don't know why I still have those thoughts. I don't know why I still have those feelings. But I want him out. He'll come and get him out. Because there may be all kinds of different idiosyncrasies of that stuff. It may be tied somehow to your soul, to your emotions. Like, and God can come and remove that power, right? So he says in Romans 6, 12, he says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its sinful desires. In fact, he hits it on verse 13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. Now you have new life in your body. You got you know, listen, it's important for us to remind ourselves who we are. There's all this positive coaching and stuff that's out there, and it's great. But as Christians, we need to do the same thing. We need to say, man, I am alive to Christ. I am dead to sin. The old person that was in me no longer lives. There's a new person living on the inside. You need to wake up in the morning and say that over your heart. Because that's the truth. For you were dead, but now you're, you have new life. So, so use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Hmm. Why does the enemy go after the body? The, the enemy hates our bodies. You know, and we think that, man, we're just trying to get out of this tent, you know, and go on to heaven. Well, listen, your body that you'll get out of will one day be resurrected, and it'll be rejoined with you over there on the other side. Did you know that? Your body's important. Like, these are vessels that we've been given to steward. Now, I could talk a long time about that, you know, like how we care for these vessels, Right? Like, we've been given a tent to live in, man. Let's take care of these things. Let's use them for righteousness, right? They're tools that we've been entrusted. Some people have been given better tools than others. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm doing this keto diet right now, and it's killing me. I'm going to be honest. I'm looking out, and all of you guys are like a Snickers bar or a bag of chips or a fresh hot loaf of bread I am so over bacon right now, I could just, men are all about bacon, I'm over bacon right now. I need some carbs, man. (laughs) I need carbs, big time. (laughs) Oh, man. We stayed at this Airbnb, and wouldn't you know it, the lady brings us this fresh-baked dish of one of those thick chocolate chip cookies. I love those things. I mean, love, love. Not like, love. And you know how when it comes out of the oven, I mean, she had just brought it out of the oven. Oh, I was looking at Luke and and his teammate, because I had him up, we were at this lacrosse tournament. I'm like, guys. Jump on this right now, man! This is and Luke's like, I don't like sweets. The other kid was like, I'm like, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Come on, eat this cookie. Because if you don't eat it, I might eat it. I had to throw that whole cookie away. Do you know how I I hurt on the inside when I saw that thing sliding off the plate into the garbage? I was going to actually put it in one of those Tupperware bags and and bring it home to Wendy and hope that she would say, we're done with keto. And I'd be like, amen, sister. We're done. That's Jesus. (laughs) That's the word of the Lord. We're going to find out 10 years later that keto was really bad for you, probably, anyhow. I'm going to go tell Wendy that today when I get home to her. It's bad. I already know. It's going to be bad in 10 years. Let's quit now. (laughs) What if they came out with an all-carb diet? (laughs) That would be awesome. Anyhow. Can I get the band back up here? I need some help. (laughs) So, the third one is, is to make us God's own people. I, sorry about that. I just wish I could just, seriously, <laughs> you're a Snickers bar. You're, <laughs> it's bad. I mean, this is really bad. remember one time we were fasting as a team back in the day like 21 days on water clouds were turning into food i mean it was weird you ever had that to make us god's own people so he says sin romans 614 is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law instead you live under the freedom of god's grace this is where like when you become god's own people you're free to be free I'm learning this now that my kids, when they get older, you know, I'm counseling them through life situations. Like, I have talked to so many people about the most difficult things, and I am so chill about it. Like, hey, listen, God's got you, and I give wise, I'm calm. With my own kids, I'm like, if you don't change this, man, you're you, you, something bad's gonna happen. I'm like, what am I saying? Like, I'm, what am I doing? Why am I now bringing law back to my kids. You see, like, because we love so much, sometimes we put a ton of religious pressure, and the religious pressure never works. Love always wins, and it needs to be free from fear. Fear on us, and fear that we heap on other people. If you have to fear someone into changing, they never actually really changed free to be free free don't you realize verse 16 that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey you can be a slave to sin which leads to death you can choose to obey god which leads to righteous living there it is the choice and lastly totally committed this is what he has for the church. This is what he has for the body of Christ. Romans six seventeen. thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey the teaching that I have given you. Wow. Can we just, with our eyes closed, could we just think about that? Like... Lord, what would that look like if your word instantaneously became something our hearts just naturally obeyed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Persuade us. Root us. Establish us, oh God, in the life that is our life. Let us walk out of the sin that so easily besets us. Let us come in to all that you have for us, Jesus. Now as we close, it would be wrong of me to just give you the assumption that sometimes there's not a fight and a battle, a little bit, right? We walk around these walls thinking that by now they would have fallen. You get frustrated. The enemy comes in to condemn. He comes in to shame. Religion's right there at the corner to try to put that mask on your face to get you to go through all the exterior stuff and Jesus is like no I'm already in you let me come out that's the work of the grace of God that's the work of supernatural resurrection life so as Katie sings that verse over us I want to just sit just for a minute and let's let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does to come And give us a gift of himself. And today, you're free to be free. You're free to fully receive. You're free to fully reject. You're free to even take it and not open it. But I want to encourage you to completely sell out today. You'll be happier. You'll be more thankful than you've ever been in your entire life. Because you won't be conflicted anymore. and so beaten up and so condemned and so shamed and I know it's scary but I want you to let the Lord come into that place today and just give it to Him give all your pain give all your discouragement give all your fear give give all of your self effort give it all to the Lord and just let Him wrap His loving arms around you in that place Because he really, really, really wants to come and help take it away. Can we do that? Let's just all do that. We all have it. We all have something. Let's just let him come today. happening in me this morning. Just hold it up just for a minute. Thank you, Lord. All over this room. God, all over this room, we ask you, God, as as humble as we can and in so much need of you that you would come and you would do something extraordinary in us this morning as you are actively engaging us today. There's a supernatural work of your spirit happening in the most gentle, humble Kind way in this room, and we want to thank you for that. Oh man, come on, think about it. Like change in the world, in the system of the world comes in the cruelest of ways, under the cruelest of taskmasters, and God's love comes in the most gentle, most kind, most sensitive. You know, the world would just call you out and shame you right now. But, but Jesus is like, listen, I know it all and I'm still with you. Like, you, like I knew it before I even met you. I, I knew it before you even thought about me. And, and like he's always pursuing, always going after us, never stopping. Lord, we thank you that you're this kind of God. We thank you that you carry this kind of heart and you possess this kind of nature. And it puts us on our knees and makes us want to change. God, it's the very thing. It's your kindness that leads us to transformation. So come into this room. Change hearts.